If you have your Bibles or Testaments, we're turning to the book of the Revelation. And the Revelation chapter 6. Revelation chapter 6, and just open your scriptures there. We'll be referring to some verses in a moment or two. On the Wednesday evening, before the Lord Jesus Christ went to the cross, on the Friday, literally hours before he died, he gathered his disciples round him, sitting on the Mount of Olives, and he gave to us and to them what is known as the Olivet Discourse. He gave the longest answer ever asked to a question during his earthly ministry. Matthew 24 and Matthew 25, 97 verses, and of course also in Luke 17 and Mark 13, he speaks of the same things. It shows you the emphasis that our Lord Jesus laid on the prophetic message which we are looking at and preaching on tonight. They said to him, the disciples on the Mount of Olives, Tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming? And what shall be the end of the age? There were three questions asked. He didn't give them the answer to the first question, when there would be, for certain reasons we're not going into tonight. But he did to the last two. And he told them when you see certain signs and sights and sounds to be looking out for his return again for his church. He told them that the last days, the latter times, the uh, end of the age would have certain phenomena and certain things that they would need to watch out and look for these days in which we are in tonight. These very, very days and hours which we are in tonight are the days that he is talking about. Now the most important and the first thing that he mentioned, and he kept repeating and reiterating it, first of all, and this was the emphasis laid before earthquakes or famines or anything else that would come away, it was deception. Deception. Many times he mentions that in his Olivet Discourse in, 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 in the Gospel. And he said, many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ. Well, you saw a wee bit of that there in the beginning of the month, uh, when that madman over in France ran over to the prams and he stabbed the children. It was only an evil, demonic man would lift a knife to go and stab we children in the pram. Of course, they're killing them wholesale in abortion and they're not even, uh, not even into the prams. But he went over, ran over this boy and he knifed these wee babies in the pram and he said when he was knifing the babies, I am Jesus Christ. That shows you the wickedness and the evil that is upon our land. So my friend, 
He told them this, that the deception and many would deceive uh, in the last days. And of course we see deception in nearly every area of life, especially in politics in, in these days. And then the second thing he said to them, he said there'll be wars and rumors of wars. That rumors of wars translated wars with the different. And I will be showing you later on in my message what sort of wars we're talking about. And of course we know what the next war is going to be like. And then he went on to pestilences and famines and diseases and earthquakes in divers places. And many hearts will fail because of fear and there'll be great and fearful sights. That's all happening around us today. And then he went on to the fourth one, death and destruction wholesale. Many will die and be delivered up. A quarter of the earth's population will die in the tribulation period. Revelation tells us that very clearly. Now all these four, and this is the point I want to make this evening, all these four main things that the Lord spoke about in Matthew 24 are symbolically encapsulated in the four horsemen of the apocalypse. We have seen that in the past night we were here. Now, the apocalypse, uh, people say when you mention the word, think when you mention the word apocalypse, oh, it's tribulation, it's all. The actual apocalypse means the unveiling. It means the pulling back of the curtain. And we're seeing into heaven. And we're seeing the things that are going to happen. Of course, the Armageddon and apocalypse is on the lips of many today. It's almost a household name. You'll hardly, well, many news bulletins, you'll hear them talking about the apocalypse and the horsemen of the apocalypse and the, and the battle of Armageddon that's going to come. This is a familiar word and a familiar theme now in, in these days. There's a drawing back of the veil. And we're going to draw back the veil tonight and we're going to look into things that are going to come. This message is not really for the saved people of God because I want to show to you tonight that the church will be gone before the tribulation. But this message tonight is for those of you especially who are not saved and you're not ready to go and you're not born again and you know you're not born again. I want to say to you tonight, you need to make sure before you leave the precincts of this tent, as others have been doing, that you'll come to the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ cannot lie. God, he's a God that cannot lie, and he does not lie. And when he prophesies things, they come to pass. They always have, and they always will come to pass. And uh, he said many things, you remember when he was coming down the Mount of Olives and the colt, the fool of the ass, uh, on, on that day, that be, the week before the crucifixion? And he stopped the ass and he looked out over Jerusalem and he wept. Uh, one of the three times our Lord Jesus wept. That was the strongest word of all of the three weepings. Uh, they reckon that he shook. I vibrated with tears and with brokenness as he looked out over Jerusalem and he said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Three and a half years he had finished with them. And the day of visitation was over. And he says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often would I have gathered thee as a hen gathers her chickens under her wing, but ye would not come. But your day of visitation is ended. And he told them that 
the day was coming when there wouldn't be one stone left to gather in the temple and the whole of Jerusalem would be erased to the ground. That happened. That happened in AD 70. That happened when Titus, the Roman emperor, rode into Jerusalem with, with his people and the actual temple was taken down. They had the gold hidden in the foundation and every stone was removed and the slaughter was fierce and only a few escaped from that. That prophecy came through. And every prophecy that the Lord Jesus Christ makes will come true. And this is the word of the living God. If he says anything, he means it. He's not like some of us. I have said things and I, I have forgotten and I've said things and I've never carried them out. But not with him. You remember he said one day, he says, I am the light of the world. Well, he backed that up. He backed that up many times by touching the blind and giving them sight. Remember the man that was born blind. He touched him and spit in, spat in his, on his tongue and, and put clay in his eyes and he began to see again. He said, I am, I am the light of the world. Then he said one time, I am the bread of life. And with five barley loaves and two fishes, he fed 5,000 men plus women and children. He never said something, but he didn't back it up. And not only that, but he did it far more abundantly than you would ever think you would do. He said on another occasion, I am the resurrection and the life. And you'll read, you'll read in the gospel where uh, he raised from the dead three different people. And so he is a man of his word. And he's a man to be listened to. And this word of God is to be listened to. Now last Wednesday night, last Wednesday night, we looked at the first of the apocalypse horses that came riding out in Revelation chapter 6, where we are tonight. And what an interesting story. And for those of you who are not here on Friday night, let me just point out these four horses to you. In verse 2, you have the white horse. In verse, in, in, in verse 4, you have the red horse. In verse 5, you have the black horse. And in verse, seven, verse 8, you have the pale horse. There are four horsemen of, a, of the apocalypse. Now, the white horse was number one. And we dealt with that last week. The Lord has shown us now things that yet have to come. These things have not come yet. And I'll show you that in a moment. He's shown us things that have yet to come. The white curse speaks of purity. It speaks of peace. It speaks of righteousness. And this man on the white horse, it says, he has come to conquer and to conquer. He has a crown in his head. He has a bow, but he has no arrow with him. Whenever Roman generals had victories, and whenever they'd conquered cities and towns and countries, they rode through them in white stallions. This is a stallion here. They rode through them in white stallions uh, uh, to show that they had victory and to show that they were conquered. Now, this man on the white horse is none other than the Antichrist himself. There is no doubt about that. He's the beast. He's coming on a white horse of purity and peace, because he's masquerading as peace. He has a bow, he has no arrows, he has arrows hidden. And for seven years of the tribulation period, this man is going to rule. And he's going to rule in great power because he is the devil anointed. He is the, he is the incarnate devil. And he's coming first of all with peace. And for the first three and a half years of his reign uh, from Europe, where he will reign from Europe, for those first three and a half years, he signed peace treaties, 
and he signed peace treaties with Israel, he signed peace treaties with other people, and he'll solve every problem, every problem that we are facing even in these days, even tonight as we live. And they're looking for this man to come at any moment. Daniel tells us he'll come with craft and, and flattery. Paul tells us he'll come with strong delusions and de deceivableness. And uh, he'll come with a powerful, charismatic, as a powerful, charismatic being. And he will effectively solve and resolve much of the world's dilemma today. And Jeremiah tells us, and Jeremiah, run, run through the streets and look for a man. The world is looking for a man tonight to deal with the situation they can't handle. And every day it's getting worse. And it's getting worse. The world is looking for a man today to solve the economical problem and all the different problems that we have. And he will have the ability and he will have the power to do it. Henry Speke, who was the national leader of, of the um, United Nations some years ago, I said, we need a man. Let that man be a god or let him be a devil. We need a man. And we need a man, and we need a man soon to come and to take us out of the situation. The Wall Street Journal recently had this on. What we need today is a superman to get us out of the situation that we're in. We need a man to sort out us out financially, socially, militarily, politically, and so many other ways. Henry Kissinger, when he was the Secretary of State in America some years ago, a Jew, very intelligent man, Henry, Henry Kissinger said, there's one problem with Europe, and the problem with Europe is this, there's nobody to talk to. They have, they have uh, committees and they have uh, boards and their panels and their summits, but we need a man in Europe to speak to. Well, we're going to get a man in Europe to speak to some of these days very soon. As I tell you, the Antichrist, the beast, the man of sin, is about to step onto the world stage. And the world stage is ready for him. They're waiting for him. And they're looking for him. Because we're in a, such a mess tonight that man cannot sort out. It'll be, have to be somebody with an awful intellect, with an awful oratorical power, with an awful military, a military genius, Somebody who will be completely Satan-filled, devil-possessed devil man with all the, the knowledge that Satan has at this moment and will have. It will be all incarcerated, encapsulated in one man. And he will come forth. He will come forth some of these days. But he can't come forth, and I'm going to show you this in a minute, he can't come forth until the church of Jesus Christ goes. Every born-again believer will be raptured before he comes. Thank God for that. And we have scripture after scripture to back, to back this out. Now, let me give you just a wee, a wee taste of what he's going to come into and why, we, why he's needed and why they're looking for him so quickly these days. First of all, Part of Europe is in recession at this moment because of the war in Ukraine. Grain and wheat and barley and oil is all on the line. Pundits and posters I've read recently there say that at the latest in 2024, Britain will be in a recession greater than any recession known. Greater the recession of 2007 will only be minuscule compared to this. The crash is going to be awful. 
Now, yeah, I want you to just get this into your mind where we are. You see, in 1930, the German uh, people were brought to their knees with a recession almost to the brink of starvation. Men drove their Mercedes into fields, into farmers' fields, and left them there for potatoes and for wheat and for things to feed their children. That was how great the recession was. Who stepped onto the scene there? Mr. Adolf Hitler. He stepped forth. And he was a dictator. He, he's a type of an anti-Christ, let me tell you. He was, elected, he, was, he was elected democratically. And the Antichrist will be elected democratically. And so we're seeing the scene all being replayed again uh, tonight. And I want you to take, heed, to take heed of that. And they worshipped Hitler. And they fell at his feet in their millions. And here's the prayer they prayed. Our father Adolf, who art in Nuremberg, and they anointed him, they anointed him as a Messiah. And the uh, people just fell at his feet. And he solved problem after problem for them because he was possessed with the devil too. He was a sort of an antichrist, but only Mickey Mouse antichrist compared to the one we're talking about. Now, these three horsemen of the apocalypse, the white one is the antichrist. He has the bow, but he has no arrows. He has arrows hidden. And everybody thinks he's peaceful, and everybody thinks he's great, and he'll solve problem after problem. He solved the problem in the Middle East. He solved the problem of the Taiwan and China. He solved all the great problems today, especially economically. He solved the problem of the mortgages. He solved every problem. He he had the answers to everything, and he draw them, draw them in thousands after him, my friend. This man is on the scene. He's on the horizon. He's coming. He's on the white horse. Jesus says, this is the first white horse. There's the first of the four horsemen of the apocalypse that's going to ride out immediately. The church is raptured. He is going to appear. And so there's no doubt about that. And if you want any more information about that, we'll tell you. We can't go on and explain that. But then there are three other horsemen here. There's the red one. There's the black one. And there's the pale one. Let me point out something here that I didn't point out on Wednesday night. And you'll notice uh, in chapter 6 and verse 1, all of these horses, it says, come and see. You'll see it in verse 3, come and see. You'll see it in verse 5, come and see. And you'll see it in verse 7, come and see. Now, the original of that is, is the sea is not in the original scripture. The, 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 the only word is there to come. It's not come and see. John's not telling us come and see what's going to happen. Jesus is not telling us come and see what's going to happen. What are you saying? He's calling forth these horsemen of the apocalypse. Come. 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 That's, that's the original scripture. That's what he's doing. Come. They can't come unless he allows them to come. And he puts them in order. He calls them in order. And at the moment... They're still prancing at the bit. They're still waiting to come. The Antichrist is still there. He's walking about somewhere. And this um, picture of him here in the horseman, he can't come until the Lord allows him to come. He can't come until the trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we have plenty of scriptures for that. Second Thessalonians 2 and 1 Corinthians 15 and other scriptures tell us that the dead in Christ shall rise first. 
And those of us which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. The rapture of the church. I love preaching on the rapture of the church because, my friend, it's a scripture that the devil has taken and he has destroyed. This book of Revelation is the only book in scripture that gives us a threefold blessing. Read it, hear it, and, and heed it, and you will be blessed. And so, in the scriptures we have no doubt about it that the Lord's talking. In the, isn't it awful to think that in the dying words of Daniel, the dying words of Jesus, the dying words of Paul, the dying words of the old Apostle John, all the dying words was about the coming again of Christ. All the dying words was about these last days in which we are in. And yet we hear so little preaching about it today in our churches. And you must admit that there's a famine of hearing the word. Famine of hearing the word. And there's many, and I'm seeing many young Christians today, and they're starved. They're starved. They're not hearing any word. All they get is a wee epilogue on a Sunday morning. Take it up with singing, and take it up with announcements, and take it up with children's stories. And they're starved. And there's boys out there, and they're getting big salaries and then big mansions, and they're starving the people. They're starving of no word. No hunger for the word. My friend, we need to get back to preach the word of God. We need to get back preaching the, 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 the gospel, the true gospel, the powerful gospel. We need to get opening these old truths and the second coming and put a hunger back into the hearts of the youth and the young people. For we are in a death. There is a famine of hearing the word in our land today. And so may God help us to, um, that men may be raised up, that they will come and preach the word of God. The word here is to come. So he's, he's saying to the white horse, come. Whenever he say, bids the coming, it'll come forth. And so it'll, he'll come forth. And then the second horse, this red horse, is, is, is an awesome, it's an awesome horse too. If you, of course you know, red's the color, red's the color of blood. This red horse is a war horse. Uh, his color, as I said, is blood. He's fiery, he's fiendish, and he's a fighter. And it says that he has mighty power. Now, I want you to, a mighty sword. I want you to get that into your mind there in this red horse. Uh, verse 4, and there went out another horse that was a red horse, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another, and there was given unto him a great sword. Now, the weapon, the greatest weapon that they had in these days was a two-edged sword. But we're not fighting with swords now. We're not fighting conventional wars from now on. You hear of wars and rumours of wars. That's not conventional war. The 303 rifle and, and, and the bow and arrow and all those things are away with. What, he's, what, what, he, what the, the Lord is telling us here is that there'll be a might, mighty weapons Mighty weapons in the last days. And we know today as we uh, preach here and sit here tonight, we know that weapons of, of mass destruction are being mentioned almost every day. And this world, ha the devil has, uh, has scared the world to no end over this. That's why we're in such problems at the wind. They're all watching one another. They're all afraid. They're all afraid to touch uh, Russia, to put them out of Ukraine. They're afraid of the nuclear power, the atomic power that can be released and will be released. And let me tell you, my friend, that there's many, many nations this night, and they could barbecue, North Korea could barbecue the world 
if it wanted to, if God would allow him to do it. But he'd not allow him to do it. God is on the throne. And I'm glad there's a sovereign God on the throne. And I'm glad that when he says come, they'll come. And when he says go, they'll go. He's the God that's eternal, almighty, and all-powerful. He's the God of heaven and the God of earth, the eternal God who sits and reigns upon the throne above. And so, when we're talking about the great sword here, we're talking about weapons of mass destruction. China, Iran, India, America, Russia, North Korea have all capabilities, powerful capabilities, of destroying the world if they wanted to tonight, and others as well, others as well. We can hear the hoofbeats all around us of this second horseman of the apocalypse, without any doubt. Iran has five uh, loaded warheads enriched with enough uranium tonight to obliterate and barbecue the world. So is North Korea, so is China, so is India. India. What there are 47 conflicts, wars going on in the world at this night, at this moment. Jesus said there will be wars, and there's rumors of wars. And these are going to get no better. They said in 1914, when the great war was over, this is the end of war. The wars are over. Nothing more, no war, only a few years until there was the second war. And war after war and after war, and war will go on, and it will go on, and it will go on, my friend, as long as this old world lasts. As long as, 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 as men are here fighting with one another, as long as the old sin nature is in us, there's coming a day, thank God there's coming a day, when Jesus shall reign in righteousness. There's coming a day in the millennial reign where there'll be no more, no more wars and no more fightings and no more killings. What a day it will be to reign with a, a fair thousand years of millennial reign the way it should have been, the way it should have been before the devil entered into the Garden of Eden and deceived Adam and Eve. That's the way it should have been where there'll be innocence and purity and love when the lion shall die, lie down with the lamb. Oh, I tell you, what a day when all the plowshares will be cut and all the, all the fighting weapons will be done with and Jesus shall reign where all the sun. That's day coming and I'm going to be there and you're going to be there if you're saved and born again uh, tonight. I tell you, you think things is bad now. There's nothing compared to what's going to happen. Nothing compared. In World War II, uh, many were slain. Nothing compared to what's going to be slain and be slain in wars even tonight. It's bad when this red horse is called forth. There'll be wars and rumors of wars right up to then. And it'll be on the tailspin of all these wars that the Antichrist will enter. It'll be on the tailspin of all these things that he will enter in, because followed by war, there's always famine. That's the black horse. Uh, there's, there's, they're always followed by poverty, by famine, by shortage, like there is even in Iran, even over that uh, Russia thing today. There's, there's a shortage. And here's what it says. Look at, look at what it says in verse, in verse, six, verse 5. And when he had opened the third sea, like him and the third beast, they come and see, Come, and I beheld and lo a black horse, and he that sat on him. And I remember these are men now that are sitting on, sitting on him as a male horse. 
sitting on, on, on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the oil, and the oil now, and the wine. This is famine. This is the famine that's coming. We see the horse, we hear the sound of the horse speech of this every day, if you listen to your news, every day. And we're so near the return of the Lord. This is a famine, a measure of wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny, and no oil, and no wine. You know, a penny was a day's wages. And they're going to give a day's wages for a handful of meal. For a handful of barley meal. And barley meal was what they fed the animals with. Do you hear me now? They're going to give a day's wages. This is coming. It's coming to Britain. It's coming. We are, our freezers are full. We're going out to eat night after night. But there's a famine coming. The seven years of plenty, let me tell you, are over. They're over. And so they're, they're, they're given a penny, a day's wages, for barley meal that feeds, feeds the animal with. To try and survive. You can have three meals of barley and one meal of wheat. You can have three meals of barley for a penny and one meal of wheat. So they take the three meals of barley. No nourishment. No propensity to sustain. And the famine, the famine in the world tonight is awful and it's getting worse and worse and worse. There's one billion one billion people will go to bed tonight across the planet Earth hungry. Hungry. One child dies every 10 minutes. Wait for this now. One child dies every 10 minutes at the moment in Yemen. With a war that's going on there for years. I read the other day where four-year-old children were found with a nod and eaten their hands. They were starved. And you think it's bad now. And you're not saved tonight. I tell you, the moment the church is raptured, the moment Jesus says, come up hither, before he calls his Antichrist out, it's going to be awful. And you would sit in this meeting tonight and you'd say, I will not have the Lord Jesus Christ to rule over my life. Well, if you rebel like that, you'll pay the price. Do you hear me now? You'll pay the price. Because there'll be no barrel getting them to take the mark of the beast. 666 on the forehead or on the right hand. And they put it on the, on, 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 on the right hand because you can, take the four, you can take the head and you can take the hand. But let me tell you this, you'll be dead if they take the head. So 666 is the mark of the beast. And you'll not buy or sell until you take the mark of the beast. Will you tell me any parent, any mother, any family 
that had children or even themselves that would refuse to take the mark of the beast to feed their children and to feed themselves. That's how the devil, the Antichrist, the deceptor, the John the Revelator tells us that's how the Antichrist is going to destroy and, and, and deceive the whole world. And if you're not saved tonight, the moment the church goes up, there's not one thing I tell you, and I've been saying this now for 40 years, I've been challenging in denomination after denomination, over here in Scotland and in England, I've been challenging people, tell me, come forward me and tell me and show me one scripture, one scripture where the Lord Jesus Christ couldn't come tonight. And I've never got anybody to face me. There's not one scripture to be fulfilled before the Lord Jesus bursts the clouds and come again and takes the church home. All that's keeping him back is the grace and the love and the mercy of God. Do you know what might be keeping him back? Might be you. He might be written on you tonight. He might be written on you to come tonight. He's been talking to you. He's been speaking to you. He's been giving you tracts. You've been preaching, you've heard it, and mothers prayed for you, and your fathers prayed for you, and children have prayed for you, and he might be waiting on you tonight to come. And you don't, and we're going to finish up with this in a minute, don't you point one finger at God, or at this tent, or any preacher worse or salt, don't you point one finger at them, and tell them that they didn't tell you the truth. We're telling you the truth, what the Lord Jesus says tonight, that there'll be no hope once he goes. Why do you think he shook on the back of the old donkey, looking out over Jerusalem, the old Jerusalem, and he gathered as a hen gathers her chickens, but you wouldn't come. But your day of visitation's over. He could see, even there, he could see the rich young ruler that he had so near the kingdom, and many more that never came. Are you going to come tonight? boy says to me, I'll take a chance. You don't have a chance. You don't have a chance, son. This is truth. This is the word of the living God. And as he said to those horsemen to come forth and in the time that he wanted them to come, he says to you tonight, come. Come. For all things are now ready. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins are as scarlet, they shall be white as snow, though the red as crimson, they shall be as wool. I'm glad that I came on the last day of May 1970. I'm glad that I came out in the farmyard in West Fermanagh. I'm glad that I said, Lord, if there's something better in life than this I wanted, and I want it now, I'm glad. See Albert sitting there the night. Remember the night in Logan that he cried unto God. I see others here tonight, and I remember he's crying unto God. Aren't you glad you came tonight? Glad you came. I tell you to be whipped out and snatched away. All hell. The only thing that's keeping the, this Antichrist, the only thing that's keeping these horsemen back is the grace and the love and the mercy of God. He's restraining. The church is restraining. The spirit is restraining. As long as the spirit is here and the church is here, the salt of the earth and the light of the world, bad men we are of the church at the time, we're holding back, holding back. He's holding back until we're lifted out, raptured, snatched away in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Two shall be in the bed. One shall be taken and the other left. Man shall turn round some day, put his foot out and the wife will be gone. Two shall be grinding at the mill in the factory. Look over and the other boy in the assembly line will be gone. 
two shall be in the field, the farmer and the working man, and the working man will be gone. And the farmer with all his blowing and talking and tractors and everything else will go to hell. That's real. That's what this book teaches. That's where we have this mission. We're after your soul tonight. Not for we don't care, never, you never come to the lifeboat. We're not here for the lifeboat. We're here that your soul might be saved and that you will escape this. That you will escape this. Because there'll be no way back after this. And I'm going to show you that now in a wee moment as a close. There'll be no way back after this. This is the apocalypse, the unveiling. This is the revelation of God. This is going to happen. It's going to happen. The black horse, the red horse of war, and the black horse of famine. But there's another horse. Now wait for it. Boys, I'm glad that I'll not be here. Bad enough to be here at the minute. Thank God there's a throne of grace. Thank God we can come in prayer. Thank God we can tell our loved ones and our children, come, come into the ark, come into the ark. Man, dear, young person, come into the ark tonight. The storm's coming. It's coming. Just what Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. What was the days of Noah? For 120 years they rejected him. They rejected the gospel. They mocked him and they laughed at him and they laughed at the ark. And they laughed and they mocked and they scorned. But one day, you know, Noah and his family, and God shut the door, and the storm came. And they cried on and they held on to the ark. Ah, but it was too late. And as the waters began to rise, they climbed up onto the top of the ark, and they advanced the window at the top of the ark, and they hammered at the ark. Oh, Noah, let me in, I'm your cousin, I'm your nephew, let me in, too late. You can't get saved when you like. You can't spoil the gospel every day. In Northern Ireland, there'll be an awful damnation on people. We trample more tracks underneath our foot on the 12th of July than evangelize China. And we give an account. There's a day of accountability coming. Every time that you hear the gospel, do you, you will give an account. You don't tell me that God the Father sent his one and beloved and only son to the cross at Calvary to have him stripped naked and mocked before the crowd, to have him crowned with thorns and his back lashed and the tongue cleared to the roof of his mouth and his visage marred more than any man and he opened not his mouth. He endured the cross and he just... You don't tell me that God had one son and he gave him to that awful butchering death at Calvary for nothing. If there was any other way, my friend, you would have found it. If communion could save you and confirmation would find and going to church and living a good life could save you, he would have found it. And when you say every day, you say, I'm not getting saved, I'm not coming to the Lord, then you're spitting on the face again of my Savior. But there's another horse here. There's the pale horse. Actually, the name in the original is green. Or a sickly colour, like a corpse. <coughs> Look at verse 7. And when he had opened the fourth seal, he heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come. And verse 8, And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, 
and his name that sat on him was Death. He's the only one of the horses with a horseman named. The horseman is Death. And what's this? And Hell followed him. I wonder was Hell sitting behind, behind him? Or was he riding on a horse behind him? These are two shocking words of the Lord Jesus. This is the, Lord, this is the word of God. This is what the Lord told us in Matthew 24 was going to happen. This is what's going to happen unto the world. Watch it again. Get your eyes on it again. A pale, green, sickly horse. Death. And hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beasts of the, and with the beasts of the earth. A quarter of the world's population will be slain, will be killed in the tribulation. A quarter. That's one and a half billion. Let's follow these now as we come to a close. White deception. Red destruction. Black drought. Pale death. One in four people die. In the Second World War, one in 40 people died. Now here's the point that I want to make to you tonight. To open our eyes, green is the color of Islam. I'm going to let that sink in. At present moment, a quarter of the world's population are Muslim. 500 million of them are radicalized to kill and behead and butcher the infidel and Israel and the believers. There are 500 million out there at the moment. We'll take your head off at any moment. If the Lord will allow it. And they work on the principle, and I want to say this to you, I studied this. They work on the principle of the Houdana. Houdana. What is that? Well, it's in the Quran. And here's where the problem is. They're allowed to sign peace treaties. Now, they signed a peace treaty with America for, the uh, Iran signed a peace treaty, and then they broke it. They can sign peace treaties, and they can swear allegiances. But the Quran tells them they're allowed to break it. In other words, they're allowed to tell lies if it furthers their cause of destroying Israel. So anything they sign doesn't make any difference. And of course, Sleepy Joe let them off with it in America. Anything they sign, they, anything they sign they, they can twist it and turn it. They can go to the Quran and say, the Quran tells me that I can change this, that I can lie and do this. If it furthers the cause of destroying Israel and destroying the church, that's what you're up against. Now the writer here is death. And that's obvious. But followed on behind them is hell. Death, 
and hell as the last horse. It's not death in heaven. If I were to die tonight, glory to God in the highest is death in heaven. He believed it was to pass out in this meeting tonight or tonight or any time or any It's death in heaven. But this is death in hell. There's no heaven here. You hear me now? You mock and laugh all you like. You hear me? You just go out into eternity like that. And it's hell. And I'm preaching on that on Wednesday night. And Friday night I'm preaching on the great white throne judgment. Greatest prophecies of all times. Oh, I tell you, death and hell. It's too late to get saved here. It's too late. It's hell. It's hell, my friend. For there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth where God has forgotten to be gracious. For the worm dieth not and the memory never leaves you. We'll be looking at that in Luke chapter, in Luke chapter 16. The rich man died and in hell he lifted up his eyes and being in torments. You can't torment the body. Because the body's in the grave. The remains is, is in the coffin. The body's in the grave. You can't torment the body. But you can torment the mind. And it'll be an awful thing. Oh, God help us. Is there any wonder we pray at six o'clock in the morning? Is there any wonder we cry to God in the middle of the night? It'll be an awful thing, my friend. For a son or a daughter or a brother or a sister or a mother or a father to slip into the horrors of hell. It'll be an awful thing. And to be tormented. And let me tell you, you remember this meeting. Oh, you'll remember throughout all eternity. And the sad thing about it, you'll be able to do nothing about it, but you can do something about it now, tonight. I can't say an hour time, I can't say 20 minutes time, but now at this moment you can. Death followed by hell. I was talking to an undertaker one day and he told me that he'd seen so, some awful sights in Belfast. He said he was called to a house one morning and he says the man was sitting at the breakfast. He said he had the spoon in his hand and the egg was still in his mouth. I'm telling you, that's a quick call. My brother in Rich Hill, perfectly healthy man, went out to the postman and lifted the letter brought it into his wee office and sat down and he was just open it and out he went this is not to be played with now this is not a scaremongering this is from a heart that's serious this morning and a word that's true tonight a word that's true because a sheer as death comes, hell will follow. And then it tells us that death and hell will be cast in to the lake of fire.
and God help us. Let us pray. Now, Father, I pray, O God, that you lay a restraint tonight. Grip hard, Lord, in your mercy tonight, that young man, that woman, who for the last time, Lord, are hearing the gospel of redeeming love and saving grace. Help them to realize, Lord, that The time is short. Maybe tonight, Lord, you will come, or maybe death will come. And there's no second chance. It is appointed on the man once. Lord, we only get one crack at this. We get a crack at many things in life, Lord, but not this one. Father, I pray from a burdened heart tonight that no man or woman or child Lord will leave this tent to tinker Lord with their soul to gamble with their soul their everlasting soul where the memory dieth not and when the fires not quenched O oh God O oh God I pray I pray, Lord, now, Lord, if I could save them, I would. If I could, I would do anything, Lord. But I can't, because you have given us a free will. May we not spoil what has been preached here tonight, Lord, by our loose talk or gossip. May we take this very serious, Lord, that Jesus said these things would come to pass. As the days of Noah and the days of Lot have come around us, the horse beats are everywhere. We hear the sound of them, Lord. We see the shadow of the horsemen everywhere. Lord, all we can say, all I can say tonight, and I'm sure all many can say tonight, thank you for the day we came. Thank you for the day, for the time you convicted us and brought us out of darkness into light. Thank you for translating us from darkness into the kingdom of thy dear son. I want to praise you. I want to tell you I love you tonight. Why me? I don't know. Why any of us? We don't know. And all we did was we say, when you said come, we say we'll come. Answer prayer. Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen.